Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott Lips, and welcome back to yet another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. My next guests are one of the most phenomenal live bands and most phenomenal rock and roll bands of this generation. They are the Struts, three times alumni now on the show. I'm excited to have them back, fresh from their Japanese shows. The other day, they literally just got off a plane, and we actually performed a little impromptu jam, believe it or not, one of my many numerous birthday parties I had the other day in L.A. So I decided to have them here to talk new music, Falling With Me, which just came out August 19th, talk the upcoming new record and much more. And by the way, when we talk about the state of rock and roll, I say new rock bands, they've been around for around 10 years, and they're undoubtedly one of the best rock bands out there at the moment. If you don't know them, run and check out their music. Their live show is incredible. I caught them at the Roxy a few years back, which we'll get into is one of the best live rock shows you can see we'll also get into the taylor hawkins tribute the new record the tour much much more coming up in just a moment lead singer and guitarist from the struts adam and luke spiller you're listening to lips la with scott lips our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at thursday's boot company you guys have seen me rocking these boots and every other picture i have on instagram i'm always repping them Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots' tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. More importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love it. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott. Welcome back to another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. I'm joined with one of my favorite rock bands in the whole world and three-time alumni on the show, The Struts, Luke and Adam. How are you, my friends? Good, mate. Good, thank you. Coming straight off the heels of your Japanese shows, we were just talking about Osaka and Tokyo. And mm. by the way, my favorite place in the entire universe, Japan. Like, how cool is Japan? It's great. I agree. It? It's like yeah. nowhere else on earth. I really. saw that you were drinking like some kind of alcohol out of a, like a, a poisonous snake, 200-year-old oh or something, God. right? Was that, was that the truth or something? Yeah, what I'm was not that? sure if it was 200 years old, but there was a snake in it. Yeah, well, and it said like 200-year-old, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. vodka with, with a poisonous whatever in it, right? So. They claimed it was an aphrodisiac, didn't they? Did it, did it work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it woke me up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently it's... Uh, like, a delicacy? I don't know. It's like, and then there's another thing with like seal in it, 
characters. Oh, I, that I wouldn't need. I don't think I'd do the snake thing either, but either, either one. Yeah. I don't think I was. E I had a choice. I just remember it being given to me and pretty much... I like had a choice, but <laughs> I chose to try it. <laughs> I want to talk about everything. You guys have been on the show a bunch of times, and, and I love you guys, and we actually just had a great time at my... Uh, I did like 57 birthday parties this year because <laughs> I'm a Leo, and that's what you do when you're Leo. You have a bunch of birthday parties. So thank you, by the way, for coming on, and, and you did a great rendition fun. of Rebel Rebel, and we got to do Jumpin' Jack Flash. Luke was amazing, so I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we've known each other for now, I don't know, like eight or ten years, I guess, yeah, right? It's, yeah, when uh, you were in New York. Exactly. That's when we met. Yeah. And it's crazy, because I always say that you're like my favorite new rock band, but you've actually been around for like <laughs> 11 years at this point, right? <laughs> it is strange. Everyone <laughs> keeps referring to us as this new band. Um, Not at all. Which we'll is, take which it. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know? Keep it fresh, I guess. Well, you, you have an amazing, a great song out, Falling With Me, and, and uh, actually, you know, there is a record coming out, I believe, right, that mm -hmm. will accompany this, too? Or yeah. is that, uh, I don't know when the record will come out, but I guess a few months later or so? We are hoping to complete the record uh, by the end of this year. So it's been a little bit uh, time-consuming because we haven't been able to sort of block out a good amount of time without having to get back out on the road and do shows. So we don't really have a lot happening um, towards the end of this year, which is nice. Yeah, it kind of, um, problem was we have to keep doing shows. So whenever we got a little bit further with the album, we had to press pause and do shows. So after some shows in September, we're kind of taking a break to really knuckle down and get it done. Awesome. Well, the new song Falling With Me is amazing, by the way. And it kind of reminds me of your first record in a sense. It's that straight ahead, huge chorus. And we were talking a little bit about the state of the music industry and TikTok, and you were mm. like, I got a guy for you. Like, you need a guy, Scott, that can make these TikTok videos, because that's part of the marketing now of bands. And, and I was looking through all your TikToks, which is how I know that you drank that uh, poisonous snake <laughs> yeah, or yeah. vodka, whatever it was. I don't even know what it was. I, I don't know what it was either, <laughs> but it's so interesting. And I want to talk about the last few years for you, because I think the last time I saw you, Luke, it was with Albert Hammond Jr. We did, we were talking about Strange yes. Days and the single. But talk to me about a little bit, because we really haven't caught a proper Properly. During the pandemic, you did these drive-in shows, you did Sunday services, I think you launched like the Struts Radio, right? Mm -hmm. So the last couple of years, and just now getting to play again, you have a tour coming up, like a mini tour, yeah. I think at the end of the year. Talk to me about that time period and leading up to this, these new tracks that you're making and what it was like for you, because everyone had a different experience during the mm. last couple of years, and uh, I know the drive-in shows were not great, because no one loves those <laughs> kind of things. But uh, the last couple of years for you, since we haven't caught up properly, other than this this crazy birthday party I just had. Talk to me about, about what that was leading up to now. Yeah, I think um, the, the pandemic definitely was challenging, uh, but I think we made the best of that kind of difficult situation. Uh, I remember when we started to hear like echoes of, of the, the virus sort of like taking hold of everywhere and everyone having to cancel things. Um, we obviously, like everyone else, didn't really quite take it seriously. Then our Japanese tour got like postponed everything else and we were just sort of thinking oh my god what's happening and when it came to the last record Strange Days um, we we originally just sort of thought to ourselves okay well if this is gonna take a minute we thought it'd be like six months or seven <laughs> right. months we a minute. yeah we thought well why don't we um, get into the studio with John Levine a great friend and producing uh, collaborator of ours and do maybe two or three songs in 10 days. And we ended up, I don't know why, I don't know how, uh, but we recorded nine original songs uh, and wrote them along with a cover 
in seven days and then three days were re used to lay down the lead vocal and guitar overdubs. So we made an album and then that kind of tied us over for some time. Like you said, we were doing things like Sunday service, which to be fair, the, the other guys in the band really sort of um, excelled in that area. Um, and um, they did a great job of sort of like providing like loads and loads of like cool content. We just wanted to stay in touch with our fans as much as we could because we knew as it progressed and progressed, this was not going to sort of be a six month thing. And um, yeah, lo and behold, we actually didn't do a show for the best part of about 18 plus months or right. so. And, and then you kind of got stuck at like your parents' house in London, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. we had this opportunity to go back to the United Kingdom where we were going to uh, play like a charity soccer event at like a halftime show um, with Robbie Williams, uh, who was featured on the um, the title track of, of the record. And the only downside was our working visas for the United States had officially ran out. And we were told that if you stay here, then it will just keep rolling it over because the embassies are closed. But if you leave, you're not going to be able to come back legally and work until everything opens up again. So we were really stuck between a rock and a hard place. And lo and behold, we decided to take the chance. And it did, it did sort of um, work in our favor. We ended up getting um, uh, playlisted on UK radio for the very first time, really, awesome. um, which was great. And but yeah, like you said, it meant that we <laughs> had to move in with our parents for a little bit. It really kills the dream for a minute, right? All of a yeah. sudden, you're playing for like a hundred thousand people. Then you're about you. Your mom's like, "Hey, Luke, you threw out the garbage." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you're like, what? I thought I was like, it but was fun. It's interesting. I mean, Robbie Williams, by the way, like such a huge star in London and and England and everything. Never really broke here the way he did over there, but he's no. massive over there. Yeah. And so that was great. You got to work with him. And, and the last record was full of collaborations. Obviously, you did. You know, you had Kesha. You had Tom Morello, you had Joe, you know, Joe Elliott from Def Leppard who was on the show and Phil Collin not long ago. So does this record that you're working on now, is that going to feature some collabs possibly? We're trying to get a scoop here. Yeah, well, the scoop is I can officially sort of like say that Strange Days as a, as a record was sort of like a moment in time. That was always the, the idea. And I think we just for the hell of it, we weren't really viewing it as like an album, an album, you know, it was something to tie us over. And I think the reason why we had such an extensive amount of collaborations on it was purely because it was a moment in time and um, everyone was sort of like stuck at home with their home studios. And we thought, fuck it, like, let's let's exploit how strange these days are. Yeah. Having that many people on it is is also somewhat surreal. So it just amplifies the whole message. This new record, I think we, we really want to just hone in on being a band. Uh, the four of us, um, at the moment, we're not really exploring like a feature as, as of yet, but I don't know, who knows? If the right thing happens and it feels natural, then we'll see. We'll see, yeah. I love that about you, by the way, because you're always open, but you actually kind of did another record during that time period that didn't come out. So you're sitting on right a batch of songs from yeah. that time period that is that possibly making its way onto the new record or is that sort of a whole nother project? Well, Falling With Me was actually written pre-pandemic. Oh, okay, so it was yeah. part of that batch of songs. Yeah, and right. we, you know, we had a whole bunch of tracks. Um, some might make this record depending on um, how we revisit them. But when we started to like 
<laughs> once it became three songs, four songs, five songs, six songs during the Stra Strange Day sessions, we thought, well, no, let, let's keep these as they are because they capture a moment and you can hear there's an atmosphere like on those songs where it's, it's literally the four of us plus John recording in a room no bigger than this, um, just playing and, and working. Yeah, because there was a few songs we were going to put on it because it kind of suited with the songs, but then it was like, well, they were written in another time and we just kind of want to keep it, and which was cool because that means we saved those songs, but it, we just kept it as that album was the 10 days. Yeah, that's definitely. it, nothing more. Let's hope there's not like a monkey pox inspired concept album coming up next. <laughs> oh my I, God. I don't even know if Strange Days Part Stranger Two. Days. <laughs> I don't know, right? There could be anything coming up. But it's interesting. When you talk about the state of rock and roll, you've always been one of my favorite, favorite bands. And I've been championing the band for, I think, quite some time. So Thank I love you, you guys. Uh, you look at like the stadium tour and you look at mm. Motley and Def Leppard and Poison. Those tours are doing huge business. I think they're pulling in something like $5 million per show. I bet. So and I, you guys should be on that show, by the way. Shout out to Nikki. Do you hear us, Nikki? <laughs> Um, but I feel like the state of rock and roll, especially in the live, you know, in the live space, is coming back in a big way. And when you look mm. at a tour like that, so talk to me about the state of rock and roll now, and for a band like yourselves. And again, again, kind of bringing it back to that conversation we were just having a few minutes ago, mm. and what you have to do to market yourselves to be relevant right now, right? Because it is a different time period. And your new song, Falling For Me, is sort of about the days of the Sunset Strip, yeah. which I love because it's when I grew up out here and I had the big hair and mm. I was in one of those bands. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about the song and about the state of rock now and what you guys are doing to sort of market this new music coming up. Well, I mean, the state of, of music in general is, is constantly changing. Um, the way that it's consumed and listened to and purchased etc even from the time when we did the last album I, I think you know when we briefly talked about TikTok and um, before um, we started recording that's become even more so prevalent in in the last 18 months maybe because of the pandemic yeah. I think everyone's sort of like in the same way as um, you know Netflix and all the streaming sites started pumping pumping you know millions and millions of dollars into new things because there's a big demand for people just sort of sat on their phones and, and uh, consuming things like that. Um, but I, I think it would be really stupid uh, for a group uh, that, or any artist for that matter, that's um, wanting to excel and grow to ignore something like TikTok. Yeah. I think um, it really separates, it does divide people and I get people's reasonings for it. I think some people, will look at it and think, oh, you know, it's sort of kitschy and a bit silly and whatnot. But I mean, it's just pick your poison, you know, yeah. like back in the day, if you were to go on a show like some bands would have never liked to do a, something like Top of the Pops, yeah. for instance, because they would have thought it was a bit of a joke. Or, you know, when we were growing up, we had like the um, the morning TV shows, didn't yeah. we? Like that we were aimed at kids, you know, and they were fun and cute, but you'd have artists and bands come on because it's a way of reaching like a, a different audience. And I think TikTok's no exception. And it's almost like the Wild West at the moment because it's at that really interesting uh, part of its development where it's not really being censored too much. It's not really being controlled. It's not sort of um, being bought out by these huge, massive companies and and shoving like coca-cola adverts down everyone's throats at the moment it's still very much like about the content and whatever becomes quote viral happens naturally 
So it's really exciting. Yeah. And I think we, well, Gethin, um, who, the drummer in the band, has done a fantastic job um, over the last year of sort of building up uh, like our, our sort of like TikTok profile. He's and great on it. He's yeah, like, he's he's really like the band fun. mascot or something. <laughs> he's really good. He's at like it, Animal from the Muppets, really. He's <laughs> yeah, like sort yeah, of like, yeah, I love yeah. him, by the way. Um, following me is actually a different departure vocally, I think, for you. It's interesting. You did this video where you're like, guess who's singing the song yeah, on yeah. TikTok? Because <laughs> it is, I, I, you, I guess you would probably say it's a departure vocally from your normal style of singing in a, in a way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, th I definitely had my reservations about it. Um, probably when as soon as we had done it and you know it was it was actually ads that mentioned like further down the line once we revisited it um he was like no i think your vocal delivery is actually really interesting and i think that might be something that people sort of like grab hold of because it's not you like screaming at the top of your lungs like yeah. you always do and like <laughs> You know, and I was like, well, I mean, I'm fine with that, you know, because <laughs> now we're doing it live and it's really connecting live. And it's it's really fun for me to sing live because it's not exactly the most challenging. So yeah. I can really just sort of like get involved with the audience and and enjoy the moment. Yeah, and it's 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 under three minutes and it's a real highlight in the set, you know. And you just did it at Supersonic in Osaka, right? Summersonic. Summersonic, sorry. Yeah. And, and how was that? I mean, it sounds like the crowd reaction was incredible. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, we weren't technically allowed to let people shout, well, like encourage them to sing or anything like that, but that's like our bread and butter, basically. Because of, because, <laughs> it's our show. because of COVID, we like to add. Yeah, yeah. because of COVID. Oh, you um, mean because they're not allowed? I mean, they're very subdued anyway, the Japanese audiences, yeah. right? They're very polite. It's... But if you tell them to jump, they jump. They will, right. So, right. like, um, no, so they went nuts for the song, and that Amazing. was just, you know, I think naturally, natural reaction. It was actually song. Adam's fault. So <laughs> we, we got sat down, and everyone was like, look, uh, the, the festival sort of politely asked us, you know, they know what you like. This isn't your first rodeo. <laughs> Sit in the chair. Um, they they want you to sort of, you know, they're trying to discourage you from the the audience from singing uh, and shouting and stuff. And we were like, okay, let, let's try. And then, of course, like the adrenaline gets into you. The, the other three guys jump onto stage a minute or so before I do. And ads comes out straight away and just force of habit just does this. <laughs> Puts his hand behind his ear and everyone starts going, woo. <laughs> so it was like, all right, well, here we Oops. are, you know, business as usual. So, um, but they loved it. And you could really feel that they were just starving for like live music yeah. and, and, and wanting to let go. So the, the reaction that we got was probably one of the most uh, unique and intense that we've experienced over there. Because we've done the festival like three times now. Yeah. And they love rock music over there, by the oh, way. Yeah. But that was an interesting it. bill because it was like you, it was Meg the Stallion, mm -hmm. it was Young Blood, right? Yeah. So it was sort of an eclectic mix of different artists there, which, yeah. is, which is amazing. But interesting. So that you were saying there's like a second wave of COVID going on now in, mm. in Tokyo? Well, they actually said it was like the seventeenth wave. Oh, okay. yeah. I, thought, I thought it was the second wave. But <laughs> it's but insane. It yeah, it's insane. It, it, it's really like, um, well, it's not open to tourists at the moment. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, when you land at the airport, it's t everyone was getting PTSD. Weren't we? Like, oh my god! Like this is literally like stepping back in time, and. Um, yeah, it, it, it was quite funny having to fill out all the forms again and like get your temperature taken, wow. masks everywhere. So, there, so the, all the audience are wearing masks there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and yeah. we went to like Universal Studios Japan and, you know, we were outside. So I 
pull my mask down and then like people running over to me like put your mask back on i was oh, like god. oh god okay yeah it's like a nightmare all over you yeah. reliving the whole thing yeah it's crazy well talk to me we like i said we, you guys were on the show before we went through your whole history but there are some key moments in the history of the struts which i always love going over so ma many amazing stories i mean Basically, France is kind of where the band really started to get its, yeah. you know, you, yeah. now you said the UK is now embracing the band finally, mm. which is about time. It should have happened five years ago. Yeah. But um, you kind of started in France, and, and you, there's an iconic moment when you opened up for the Stones years ago. Mm. And I know you've told that story before, but talk to me about it again, because such a great story. Mick Jagger, you chilling side of the stage afterwards, right during the sound check. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was great, and you were right. It was a very pivotal moment, quite a life-changing moment um in many ways uh but for some bizarre reason when we were in the united kingdoms uh our label were well they they told us that they were taking our singles like could have been me kiss this put your money on me to uk radio and we were told that um <laughs> you know no one was really sort of picking up on it uh france on the other hand for some bizarre reason heard the music and thought this is great. These guys must be huge. <laughs> um, and then they, they basically took it to a station called We FM, which is based in Paris. And it's one of the the coolest sort of stations for uh, rock music. If, if you're English and you end up going to Paris you, you, and you're in a band, you're definitely going to be on We FM. You know, they'll have everyone from like Liam and Noel Gallagher, like doing their own things, or even like Youngblood, for instance, that we mentioned earlier. And... Yeah, for, again, it was just quite bizarre. We sort of found ourselves traveling over the channel in a little white van, and we got there, and there was just like hundreds and thousands of people just sort of, you know, wanting to come see us play. Amazing. Like, all the time. And it was our first real uh, experience of playing great shows consistently. So we'll, we'll always have, like, a, a special place in our hearts for um the french and yeah and then quickly soon after that once we'd earned some sort of like reputation of being a good live band some band i think it might have been primal scream dropped out of uh playing with the rolling stones at the start of france in this big stadium and we were in this pub in Scunthorpe in the United Kingdom. Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe. It's, <laughs> the Lincoln it's, Imp. The Lincoln Imp. And it sounds as nice as it Yes. It is as nice as it sounds. Yeah. It's not a very nice place. And it was literally a pub. And we were upstairs in uh, like a <laughs> in a backstage room. It was basically like an old inn. And there was like a flea-ridden mattress on the floor. We were all sort of sat around genuinely thinking like, what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> like, is this it? We've We've got all this music. Like, we just can't seem to get a break. We also kind of knew that we were probably about to get dropped because they put our album out with like no promotion whatsoever. This and is pre-Interscope because before yeah, you were yeah. Interscope, you were on it. Yeah, yeah, this is like, we were, this is, we were signed to Future Records, which then got eaten by Mercury Records, which then got eaten again, eaten again <laughs> by Virgin EMI. And we were like this unwanted child that <laughs> kind of went along with all of it. And those songs were kicking around for five years, Ages six years, years ago. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we wrote Could Have Been Me and Kiss This. Like 2011, yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, like three, three or four years. Yeah. Um, so we sat there. We sat there like in this Lincoln Imp, and we just get this phone call from our manager at the time, and he was like, "You know, you sat down, and we were like, oh god, why? <laughs> you're drunk. Yeah, really, Gracie. <laughs> we were like, you know, we knew that was coming. They were like, yeah. no, you're you're opening up for the Rolling Stones. 
When you get a call like that, it's life changing. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. literally like played that. We played that pub, like we were at the stadium that amazing. night. We were like, come on, <laughs> and uh, yeah, had a very big party. And then of course, like after the, um, after doing the show, you know, I mean, it was it was a great experience. Got to sort of like briefly meet obviously the Stones themselves, especially Mick, which was an absolute honor. But because of that, when we decided to um, really make a change internally and to do with our management, and Adam did a great job finding some fantastic managers here, you know, our our lack of radio support and our, the fact that we'd somehow managed to open up for the Stones was sort of like our, our hidden, uh, sort of like, it was the ace up our sleeve. Yeah. Because when it, we took those songs to America, the fact that, you know, no one had played us, everyone thought was a positive. They were like, cool, we can embrace this band. We can own this band and sort of give them a helping hand. And the rest is history. And Mick, you guys hit it off, obviously, right? Like you do with Steven Tyler and all your other stars that are friends. I mean, <laughs> like, we, I had some really nice conversations um, with them and then, we were lucky enough to go on and be invited back to open up for them uh, a few times after that throughout Europe, which was incredible. Um, do I have Mick Jagger's phone number? Not quite, but uh, <laughs> you know, we, we still, you know, had great conversations, especially oh, and, and we were lucky enough to support and see them when when Charlie Watts was still yeah, alive as well. I remember Gethin and him having a yeah. great convo about his Gretsch kit, and it was very sweet to watch, actually. Amazing. It's funny, because my friend Jeffrey Josh, shout out to Jeffrey, called me years ago. He's like, I need you to have dinner with, uh, with Mick uh, tonight. And I said, Mick, Mick who? And he's like, Mick Jagger. I'm like, me? What, is this a mistake? Do you call the right person? Uh, and at the end, it was amazing, by the way. It was like top three night of my life. It was just me and him and my girlfriend at the time. And at the end, I was like, can I, I wanted to get his number, but I'm like, can I ask him? Do you ask Mick Jagger for his number? You really can't. He mm. kind of has to offer it to you. So I was so bummed I didn't get a picture. It's like it didn't happen then, you know? Yeah, I don't know what yeah, happened, yeah, but, yeah. It, but I was I was like blessed to have that happen. One of the greatest bands ever, and that's amazing. So that was a life-changing moment. What else is on the bucket list? Because you've opened up for every amazing band under the sun, Guns N' Roses, obviously the Foo Fighters, and we'll talk about that relationship in a moment. But what else is on the bucket list that you haven't done yet? Is there a band, Oasis maybe reforming? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be fantastic. I just want to see it, let alone yeah. play with them. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I guess just the band, our band, just keep growing is a, you know, bucket list would be our first arena tour, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's but, what we're working towards. But, that's, that's the end goal. Yeah, but touring with those bands, like you say, who else would it be? Well, I think, I think it's quite, I mean, it's funny, again, gosh, COVID just kind of messed everything up, but I, I do have like a, a, a good relationship with Steven Tyler. Um, after hanging out with him and um, I saw him actually just before uh, COVID kind of took took off <laughs> yeah, the at um, his uh, charity event oh, and, yeah. and yeah. we sort of reconnected and shortly after that I heard that they were going to be going out on tour and we were you know heavily sort of like at the top of the tier in terms of who was going to open up for them so that that should have happened yeah. you know it still might by the way they're it doing a whole bunch of shows yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that and yeah. um I think that would be great. I think Lenny Kravitz is also like a big hero of mine. I, and I, I've got nothing but like respect for him. And I still think he's 
one of the coolest like rock stars that are still living. Definitely. And Probably he looks amazing, like, by the way, oh at 57. What the hell is he drinking? <laughs> if there's know. a vampire, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be Lenny Kravitz, isn't it? Well, it's funny because they say never meet your idols, but you did hang out with Liam Gallagher. I don't know whenever that was. And it was still, and it was great, by the way. It wasn't terrible. right? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, he was lovely. It? He was good. Yeah. Yeah. And we would, pretty pissed as hell like, let's just go over there yeah we were, we were pretty drunk at the time but now he was really gracious and uh yeah and he knew who we were who we were as well which was quite funny very cool he was like i know you he was like, he was like you're in a fucking video on that fucking boat aren't you? i've seen you on the fucking box mate you're like you're the geezer, you're the geezer that looks like freddie mercury i was like oh, okay yeah that's cool it's funny because we've talked about having on show i was still i was actually a little scared because you always hear these stories and you're like i don't know if i want to what if he's in a bad mood, right? It could anything could go wrong. But did you think that before you met him? Were you like, are you careful about the approach because you never know how he's going to be? Of course, yeah, yeah. 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 And the, the the what's it? Dutch courage kind of got us over the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he. I think he's almost like a tiger. If if you're nervous and fearful, he can probably smell it and he'll yeah. probably exploit it. Um, but I, a lot of people but, say he's just a lovely bloke, though. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. Well, what it was like back in the nineties, I don't really know. I, I think it's it's a little bit. Ev everyone has like a bit of a character that they slip into. Yeah, definitely. And I think he definitely has that reputation, and I reckon that he kind of plays with it a yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he does. Well, talk a little bit about obviously the Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute shows are coming up September third in London, but you're playing the one here, September twenty seventh. Mm. Talk to me about your relationship with Taylor. I know that you guys toured with them. You had a great relationship. You used to sing with you know with his band sometimes, and and obviously a very close knit relationship. So talk to me about what he meant to you and and what this tribute show will mean coming up. Yeah, I mean Taylor. I mean first and foremost, I I owe so much um, of like where I am right now to him from uh, getting the opportunity to open up for the Foos, which was huge for us yeah. um, and was the best part of almost like a year. Um, even coming to LA and sort of like laying roots down here, which again was life-changing and, and probably something that I wouldn't have done if he hadn't encouraged it. Um, so I owe him like a great amount and I kind of still do with these shows that are coming up because I. I still kind of find it a bit ludicrous that I'm even considered to be on that bill, considering like the lineup that I read and hear about. Well, um, it's Brian May, Nikki Six, Alanis Morissette, Getty Lee. It's, it's crazy, a crazy it, lineup. Yeah, I mean the 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 show in Wembley. I mean, I don't really think about it too much because if I do, I'm <laughs> probably not going to sleep very well. But um, are you doing the one in Wembley? You're just doing the one. I'm here? doing both. Are oh, you doing them. both of them? Okay. Yeah. All so. Right. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really bittersweet experience. Um, and in many ways, I wish that like I wasn't doing it, but I kind of know in my heart of hearts and I can actually see Taylor sort of like jumping with excitement. Like if I was to have called him up and, and be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be singing a couple of Queen songs with Queen, he'd be like, <laughs> Oh my God, look, you know, I could just, I know that he'd be like super like excited for me. So I kind of have like comfort in that. Um, so will you be performing with Brian May? Too? Yeah. So, Amazing. so what happened is we, we were actually in Lake Como um, preparing to do a couple of uh, shows and uh, Pat Smear uh, got a hold of ads to then get a hold of me. And he was like, look, um, 
you know, I know that you and Taylor were preparing to to go out when they when we got back from our tour um, to to sort of like play loads of covers. And of course, Queen would have taken up a lot of the set. And he was like, how would you like to sort of come to Wembley and, and actually sing some Queen? And I was like, you can't even think of it. That's such a huge, <laughs> it's yeah. daunting, right? So I was like, I mean, first and foremost, I was like, well, I mean, of course, like, I'm just happy to be a, I was like, look, you want me to do like a verse or just like one chorus? I don't <laughs> care. Like I'm there. <laughs> and then like a couple of weeks went by and then Pat got in contact with me again. And he was like, um, well, Brian's going to be there at London. Roger's going to be there. How would you actually like to sing some Queen with them as well? And I was like, what do you want me to do? And, <laughs> and then he went through a list of a couple of songs and I got invited to um, a couple of weeks ago to, to sort of kind of try out in many ways um, to sort of play with uh, Dave and the rest of the band. And... You know, Pat was like, look, this, these are the ones that we're thinking that you're going to do. Dave is meant to be doing another one, but just be prepared to sing them all. Right. So I was like, okay. So <laughs> I, I went there and then um, I did the first one and everyone was like, okay, this is great. And then, uh, and then uh, Dave starts playing the song that he's meant to be singing. And Pat's like, come on, fucking sing it. And I'm <laughs> like, all right. So I sang that one and Dave's like, well... Looks like you're fucking singing that one as well. <laughs> and then uh, I then just carried on. Um, but as of yet, I'm, I'm going to be lucky enough to do four songs all together. Amazing. Which will be like huge. So yeah. I'm, I'm flying to, um, to London on Saturday with the rest of the Foos. Um, and we're, we're all going to be staying in London leading up to the shows and, and actually pulling everyone in for the rehearsals because, you know, like Liam Gallagher's going to be playing, Brian Johnson's going to be playing, oh, singing, sorry. Um, so they're sort of like, they've rented out this giant space for the first three days and, and sort of putting the set together. Then we've got rehearsals in the stadium itself and then show day. We got to get ads on those rehearsals, maybe, right? Uh, <laughs> I wish. <Yeah. laughs> no, I'll be just cheering on from the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's also interesting, I just read an article today, by the way, um, about you saying that Bohemian Rhapsody is the greatest rock song ever, right? So yeah. uh, it's fascinating that this is all coming together in this sort of apex for you, right? So, yeah. and, and obviously, you know, such respect to all those guys. I'm super excited to hear you sing with them. I think that's probably so surreal for you that it's probably even hard to talk about because did you ever think you'd get the chance to sing with Queen? No. I know it's sort of, you probably manifested this from like a young age in a sense, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, the really, it's just strange how things work. Um, like... I had actually been speaking to Brian on something which was totally unrelated, which I can't really go into too much at the moment. But um, there was sort of like talks of, of us doing something uh, with each other. And, you know, it's just everyone's kind of busy. Everyone's doing their own thing. So I was kind of already in touch with him. And then obviously uh, I get the terrible news about Taylor and that just kind of like, you know, rocked my world walked everyone's world and um shortly after sort of um being offered to to do the the shows i was going back and forth with brian and we were both sharing stories about taylor and and stuff and 
I, I just sent him a video of when me and him were playing at the Corbin Bowl. Sure. And uh, we were doing Hammer to Fall. Yeah, amazing. And I was like, great memories, like, you know, sent him this and um, and then sent it to him. And he was like, oh, we should, maybe we should do some of this at Wembley. And I was like, well, really? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, tell Dave. And I was like, okay, like, uh, I'll tell you. But yeah, it's, it is strange how kind of things work. Um, and like I said, it's, it's going to be a really weird experience, but... First and foremost, I mean, even chatting with Dave, you know, he pulls me to one side at the end and I got to talk to him briefly and and he was like, look, um, this isn't going to be like a funeral. You know, this is going to be like celebration. a celebration. Yeah. He was like, don't, you know, think of it as sort of like this somber event. Like we're going to be partying and we're going to be like doing this all justice. This is why we're doing it at Wembley because Taylor deserves like nothing less yeah. than like the biggest and the best. And he would have been chuffed about that. So like I said, it's just an honor to be a part of it. I had the pleasure of meeting him once. Seemed like the greatest guy. I wish I got to spend more time with him. But um, yeah, I think these, I, I agree. I think this will be a celebration of his life. So that's incredible that you're getting to do this. And talk to me a little bit about the new song game, Falling With Me. I know that you filmed it. All, you filmed it in like this great house, but there was also like a old <laughs> porn set or something that you filmed it on. That <laughs> oh I saw. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was that all about? Well, funny enough, that's not actually the. Uh, was that the, for TikTok or was that for the video? That, it, was, that was for TikTok. Okay. It's not the official video. We got the edit of the first video. Um, a couple of days ago, which does include the uh, the porn set, um, or looks like one anyway. It was the first thing I thought when we worked on set. And I was like, I wonder how much jizz has been spilled in this room. Um, you don't want to sit anywhere. No, uh, but yeah, I mean, so the song itself, like I said, was it, it, the demo was constructed 2019, and it was lyrically like written about someone that I was seeing at the time. And Do I know that person? Possibly. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so we would always kind of like meet at the rainbow and at like like a specific time. And it was just kind of our thing. 945. Yeah. And yeah. then we would, we would then go. It's sort of like a great place to sort of like pregame. Yeah. And then you go around everywhere else. And uh, th all these little things and conversations that we would have, I would kind of write them all down, like the opening lines, like, you be my Alice, I'll be your Mad Hatter. Like sometimes there were texts that we would send. And before I knew it, there was some sort of like theme going on, like lyrically. And then when we went to the session that day, we uh, we started listening to like the music and Adam had this really weird like guitar riff, which was really super kooky and like everyone was loving it. And then I started to do the the fa 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 after a while and everyone was like, yep, yeah, that's it. And um, yeah, what could could have been quite a a romantic, like not cheesy but just sort of your typical kind of love song became more of like this uh, uh alice in wonderland like unique um love song instead of sort of saying like falling uh for me like falling with, with me, me like yeah. are you you know let's let's jump let's yeah. take that chance you yeah. know i thought that was an interesting way of approaching a love you know song. i never even got the whole alice the alice in wonderland falling down the hole with the whole falling with me <laughs> <laughs> Till like the other day. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Was, 
Oh yeah. What's That's interesting how slow is, I am. <laughs> uh, listen, me too. I'm the same. But <laughs> I, I, it's interesting. The rainbow when you go in there, it's like a time warp. You know, you yeah. see people in there that don't know that it's like 2022. You know, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Where? What's going on? Like they're still dressed. I mean, listen, I came from that yeah. generation. I was there. We used to hang out there, and obviously harkens back to the days of Zeppelin even and Rod Stewart mm. and everyone, the Stones, everyone used to hang out there. But it is weird when you go in there because they had like the Lemmy, you know, the, the, the slot yeah. machine there. But like really people don't know what year it is in there now. No. They have no idea. They don't. And <laughs> I, I, like we don't really tend to go there now quite a lot. But like at the time, um, I think if someone ends up moving to LA and they're like in a band, it's kind of like somewhere that you do hang out. I mean, the, the characters in there. I used to go there <laughs> on my own and sit alone on the outside bar, just smoking cigs and and sipping like like whiskey or whatever, just to hear the conversations, yeah. to start writing things down, because like the stuff that people say in there, That's I just amazing. find to be fascinating. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's still yeah we, we're. We're well overdue a little cheeky <laughs> drink yeah. at the bow, as we call it. Well, yeah. we'll have to go there and hang out because we, yeah. we're, we're also overdue for hanging out in like a yeah. regular setting here. True. But the new song was produced by Jason D'Souza, who does Imagine Dragons, right? Mm -hmm. So talk, and you used a couple different outside writers on this too, besides both of you. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about working with Jason. Obviously, is that your first time working with him, or had you worked with him before? I think it was. You know, this is our first. Yeah, that was the first time we've been yeah. working with him since, which is great. But it's. It's an odd pairing, isn't it? But we, we enjoy that. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, like, we'd never met before, kind of. We wrote the song in, like, an hour. Well, that. Yeah. So, and it was kind of strange, and I, d I don't know. It was really unexpected, and then we kind of walked away from it. Like, oh, wow, this is a really good song, actually. So, um, no, it's great, and been working with him more and more and uh he really gets us which is really cool and gets what we want to do for this mm. next album definitely and so the record you're thinking like december maybe a december release no something? i think it's probably <laughs> knowing us it's probably going to be like early spring it's going to be the first quarter of next year. Definitely oh, okay. another single out though in yeah. the meantime yeah, yeah we're probably gonna have a second single to alongside the release itself hopefully so 2023 we're looking towards a new record a tour but you do have dates coming up now so september 8th hampton beach all the way to october 9th the aftershock festival which oh, is exciting yeah. so you got about i don't know 10 dates or so mm. anything you're looking really forward to for this year and the rest of this year coming up yeah i mean i think I think with uh, I mean the dates that you mentioned should be like a lot of fun. Um, obviously, we got the the, the LA uh, Taylor show, which should be like amazing. Just I, I have no idea what that's going to be like, but I think it's going to be pretty biblical, to be fair. And yeah. then um, because now we've got the single out and it's just only really come out, um, we're going to be doing some sort of like uh, radio performances, like Christmas things that they do sort of towards the end of the year, awesome. which should be really fun. Yeah. But I, I think we're both just looking forward just to getting our hands like dirty with, with this new album. And um, the fourth record. Yeah. yeah. And, and just and just really getting stuck in and, and um, creating it. Amazing. Well, I think <laughs> we're going to be taking the show live. I think we're going to be doing something called the Spin Session. So mm -hmm. Spin Magazine Presents. So. I'll be hitting you guys up for sure because you were Definitely. so great the other day. It was so and, you know I forget how incredible you are when I see you play. I saw you at the Roxy. When was that set of shows God, you did there? That was when was that? When was that? Two thousand eight. 
2018, end of May 2018. And honestly, some of the best rock shows I've seen like in ages, and oh, you were so you. amazing back then. So everyone go out and rush out to see these shows coming up because you have a slew of shows coming up, eight mm. shows. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging. It's so great to see you. I'm definitely going to try and make it to the Taylor uh, tribute show coming up now that I'm in town. And definitely check out the new single and the new record when it comes out. I appreciate you coming in as always, and great to see you both. Thank you, mate. Thank appreciate you very much. It, of course. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Well, that was awesome. Luke Spiller and Adam from The Struts, one of my favorite rock bands out there. If you like the show, please feel free to leave a review. Five stars would be great. It's available on all your streaming services and also on Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And uh, looking forward to seeing it. We have some exciting things coming up on the show. Can't really tell you everything yet, but we'll be filming the show for a bunch of special episodes coming up and very excited to bring you that aside from YouTube. So thanks for tuning in. Be safe and see you soon. Hey, how'd it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.